Hello, folks. This episode requires a little bit of explaining. The purpose of this episode is to give a little preview into what Alex and I have been working on as the Restoring Human Diet. After my seven-day fast, and as I was reintroducing foods, uh, my plan was to kind of document that process and be posting videos every day, um, giving kind of updates on what I was adding in, and uh, in the process of that, laying out what we have kind of determined as this like hierarchy. Um, it's kind of the, the foundation of the Restoring Human Diet. Well, uh, I stopped posting those daily update videos on the food I was reintroducing. I have three very solid reasons why. Primary reason is because I didn't want to compromise on one aspect of health to share what I was doing in another area. So filming and editing and posting videos every single day, quite frankly, it's not that healthy. <laughs> I managed it for about 10 days through the fast and a couple days every introducing food, um, but it's just not sustainable. Uh, life is not meant to be lived working constantly. We're meant to have intermittent periods of work and rest. We see um, that as quickly as in our daily circadian rhythm of sleeping and waking all the way to something as long as uh, drawn out as the seasons throughout the year, cycling through optimal times for growth and rest. Second reason, I realized my plan for laying out the hierarchy of the diet was a bit flawed. I said I was going to introduce all of these foods day after day. First week was honestly great because by about day four, I was eating all the things that I want to be in my diet and want my diet to consist of pretty much like 90% of the time. But as I got closer to the bottom of the list, trying to add in these foods every day turned out to be a little bit too much. Just like Point number one, I wasn't going to sacrifice something I know to be true about how to eat to simply lay out this diet in full. I know that the main role of carbohydrates, for example, um, in my body is going to be in direct correlation with my activity level. I wasn't going to load up on grains and sweet potatoes on days that I didn't even make it to the gym. Plus, I don't even think I necessarily need those things on every single day to have any type of increased activity. I simply just wasn't going to make that compromise. Now, third reason. This is something I don't think I could have predicted. I know I could not have predicted this. In the midst of reintroducing foods after my seven-day fast, uh, my body did something I still don't quite understand. However, anecdotally, it gave me something that completely blows up what conventional wisdom has to say about diet and exercise and weight management. Because of that, I decided I should probably spend some time and energy making a video around what happened there. I think it's a very important message um, that a lot of us need to hear. That should be coming soon. Now, after those three reasons, enjoy this little preview of the Restoring Human Diet.
Yeah. This is an episode. I'm just going to call this kind of bonus material, but no, this is a real episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 44 of the Restoring Human podcast, where we believe humans are designed to flourish. Unfortunately, we live in a culture where many of our modern conveniences work against our thriving, but through intentional lifestyle decisions, we can return to an optimal state of health. This is the first ever look at the Restoring Human Diet. Yeah. Uh, Kind of. If you were following along Alex last month, you saw little snippets of it uh, sprinkled in there. Uh, But this is going to be the first kind of glimpse into something that we've been working on um, in my reintroduction of food after not eating for seven days. Yeah. So we're just going to break down kind of step by step what that's going to look like and kind of talk just very briefly about why these things are in the order that they are. So yesterday I had the very, so I had three things. I had some bone broth. I had a few eggs and I had some, uh, grass-fed ribeye. Why did I eat those things? <laughs> <laughs> well, so when we thought about this restoring human diet, the main thing that we wanted it was supposed to be real food. That's kind of foundational as the realest the food can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what we f- thought was the most nutrient-dense food and the foods that more than likely are not going to cause people issues because there's so many gut issues that are happening now. And that's why the we started with something like a, a meat um, is because we there's very little evidence to show that there's any sort of sensitivities to meat. Um, plus it's full, it's very nutrient dense, especially if you're not just eating muscle meats, but you're eating organ meats as well. Um, and then eggs are very nutrient dense. They have pretty much everything that we need. Um, but kind of caveat with eggs is if you do have bad poor gut health, then you potentially could have sure. sensitivity to them. Yeah. Um, but that's mainly the protein that's in eggs. So the egg yolk is typically fine for everybody. Yeah. So I was thinking about this when um, we were talking yesterday is like, this is very similar, not maybe the meat part of it, but the egg part of it. And then this kind of second level of it is very similar to what, how I would introduce foods to a baby. Um, mm. One of the first things that we give to our children is egg yolks, kind of soft boiled egg yolks. Mm-hmm. Then we transition into avocados and um, other kind of those fatty, fatty fruits that we're labeling them as. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we want very nutrient dense. We want foods that the body's used to eating and we want foods that are not going to typically cause sensitivities. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I told you this. The the bone broth that I had yesterday, mm-hmm. that was a magical experience. Yeah. It was like the most relaxing feeling. Just sipping on warm bone broth and just feeling it all the way down. Like, huh. It it was f- phenomenal. Sweet. Yeah. So put that in there. All right. Uh, so really here now, day one, 
is 100% carnivore. Mm-hmm. I guess you you touched on this a little bit, but uh, why like why is yeah why is this the top level? Um, so there's going to be foods that we would consider eat eating liberally, like foods that you can have um, sure as much as you want. And so there are going to be some plant foods in there, um, specifically vegetables and fatty fruits. But the carnivore part of it is you're still avoiding things that have the potential to not be good for your gut, if especially if you have gut problems. But it's just this super the nutrient density yeah. of it. You're not going to find. There's no, like you're not going to be able to eat kale and get all the nutrients that you need. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to eat spinach. You're not going to be able to eat a tomato. But the meat you are, and specifically protein, because more of that I've thought about kind of macronutrients, and we would still absolutely say low-carbohydrate, fi- high-fat diet is is the, the important for majority of people to eat, uh, especially in the United States. Um but protein has to be kind of the macronutrient that we're focusing on because if we don't get our protein needs met, we will go, most likely we'll be out of balance with those other two things. Yeah. Meaning that we'll eat too many carbs to try to get our protein or we'll eat too much fat to try to get our protein. So getting the protein down. So sure. If you're eating meats, you're most likely having enough protein and enough fat and you're going to be satisfied so you're not filling those things with carbohydrates. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard it said that the carnivore diet is essentially the ultimate elimination diet. Yeah. So it's like, if, like it makes sense that that is kind of your your baseline. Mm-hmm. Next is kind of a offshoot of the animal products, high quality dairy. Yep. So you're again going to get a lot of high nutrients in dairy. Um, I mean, basically what's happening is a cow or whatever animal is eating things and then we're eat they're breaking plant food down and we're getting that the nutrients that come from that by eating their meat or drinking their or eating whatever product is made from their milk. Yeah. Um so again, nutrient density, um the, the dairy similar to eggs and maybe even more so to, than eggs is people can have some sensitivities to them, but mm-hmm. if you don't and it's a high quality dairy product, it's extremely healthy for you and healing for you. Um, so yeah, that was the, the reason. So what I, what we mean by high quality dairy is of course organic. So no extra chemicals being sprayed on this. The cow is preferably eating what it should be eating, which is grass. Um, and then even fermentation happening or culturing happening. So the bacteria that would come from it is there still. So that's where there's kefir, even yogurt, um, high quality cheese. That's going to be the things that you want to be. We're not talking about just drinking a bunch of milk. Right. Um, and then the other part of that, I guess, is the less processed, the mm-hmm. better. So you don't want to take something that's full fat and make it into skim mm-hmm. or low fat. Those are not going to be high quality dairy products. Yeah. Next is fatty fruits. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a hundred percent on like if these things are actually fruits or not. I'm sure there's some yeah, that's weird. discrepancy with that. But th- what I mean by this is this is avocado. So this is still considered a fruit, but it's very low in sugar. Um, Chocolate, very low in sugar. Coconut, very low in sugar. This would also be palm fruit. Um, These are the things. 
and then olives was the other one. Oh yeah. Um, Put that on there. So again, pretty much fat bombs. That's what mm-hmm. they are. It's just high quality fat um, yep. that you're getting from that. Which, if we're eating a low carbohydrate, f- high fat diet, this is where the majority of your calories are going to be coming from. Um, and then, so you're able to absorb all the fat soluble vitamins with these things. And all of these things are very unlikely to have any sort of sensitivity to them. So, yeah, overall, not going to cause inflammation in your body. Very excited for that day. Uh, next level, level four, I believe we're on, is leaves. Mm-hmm. So leaves would be, um, of course, this is where we get into the plant. I mean, we just talked about the fatty fruits, which are plants, but these are the rest of the plant foods. So these are the green leafy vegetables mm-hmm. um, that I'm only starting to find out now very recently that there are some people that are like, those aren't healthy for you. But the majority of health experts say that yeah. these are still healthy for you. And very again, when, you, when you're talking about plant-based foods, these are high in nutrient density. Um, so there's a lot of nutrients compared to the amount of calories that are in these foods. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to have carbohydrates and the benefits of carbohydrates are all the phytonutrients in them, that the micronutrients in them. Um, so things that feed your gut bacteria, things that we need in, in vitamins and, and minerals, um, to function well, um, those are coming from all of these foods. So you can definitely eat these and, and be healthy, um, so those are the, yeah, the green leafy vegetables is what we'd be doing there. Yeah. These next few, I definitely grouped a few together, but I think they're grouped appropriately. The next one, next day, is flowers, stems, and shoots. Yep. So those are also kind of the healthier vegetables. So those are the flowers would be cruciferous vegetables. So that's your broccoli, that's your cauliflower, that's your Brussels sprouts, those type of things. So lots of cancer-fighting properties in, in those um, lots of immune-boosting properties um, in those particular foods. So that's what we want to be doing there. Um, and then the shoots, those are things like, um, I think asparagus is on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, celery is probably on that one. Um, yeah, different things like that. And something we should mention is um, organic is best for these particular things. Um, you just have to kind of look at what is heavily sprayed and what's not if you're mm-hmm. not going to be eating fully organic, but preferably organic um, for all of these things are going to be going to be important. Uh, where does cabbage fall? Is that Cabbage is in that leaf. That's what I thought. Yeah. So like that day I could have some sauerkraut. Yep. So that would kind of even, we didn't, I don't think we talked much about the fermentation no. as far as how we're laying this out. And, um, but that would be the best, obviously, yeah. if you could have fermented cabbage. Yeah. Uh, next, low fructose fruits and bulbs. Yep. So these would be considered, what most people think would still be considered vegetables. So peppers and tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchini, these are going to be, um, things that you're, are very low in fructose and other sugars, but they're going to have, um, still carbohydrates, still a lot of fiber, still a lot of things that gut bacteria like to eat. And then onions and garlic are yeah, the man. bulbs. I'm excited those about are, those. Uh, so those are full of um sulfur so mm-hmm. we need lots of not shouldn't say lots but we need adequate amounts of sulfur especially if people are very toxic um, these are what are called glutathione precursors so our master antioxidant in our body if we're not eating things that contain sulfur we're going to struggle to have high enough amounts of glutathione so yeah those are why that's on there 
Alright, this may be the day I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, roots and tubers. Yep, carrots, beets, potatoes, ginger, turmeric um, are on there. So these are things that, um, again, just full of full of nutrients, but they're lower on the, um, they're lower on, I guess, this, um, what do I want to say? Gastrointestine or whatever the... Well, why they're so far down on the list, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Is oh, oh, Because they're oh. still plants, and um, they're starchier than even the, the low-sugar stuff. So not that we need to completely avoid starches, but in uh, in lower amounts, you're still going to want some of these things because they have a lot of nutrients, micronutrients in them. Yeah, I'm excited to replenish my uh, glycogen on the days I'm going to be Sunday. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be that's gonna be great. I'm going to have a great, great workout <sighs> Sunday, Monday. Uh, where are we at? Next is nuts and seeds. Mm -hmm. So, again, from a micronutrient standpoint, these are going to be, so any sort of nut, you know, almonds, um, macadamia nuts, Brazil nuts, these things have lots of their high in fat. Um, they are going to have some carbohydrate con content. Um, nuts can have some issues, what they call anti-nutrients in them. So they can be hard in your digestive system but as long as you're not eating a ton of nuts. And there's also some ways to get around that, soaking them, sprouting them, those type of things. But if you overall have a healthy gut, you should be fine with these sort of things. Um, and then we also have beans. And I put corn in there. Some people considered corn a grain, but um, they're they're going to be similar to, to the nuts if you're, you know, again, preparing them the right way and you're eating them in the right amounts. Yeah, cool. I've actually already got, uh, I'm already a little prepared for that day. I've got some, our favorite uh, corn chips in coconut oil, all ready to go. <laughs> uh, next level, moderate fructose fruits. Yeah, so these are actually the fruits uh, that most people know of. So these are berries, kiwi, lemons, limes grapefruit, um, even s some of the melons could be fine. Um, pears. Like, apples fall under this? Granny Smith apples would fall under that. Um, so it's the the sugar content overall, but fructose is the main thing for most people because most people are metabolically unhealthy. So as we're transitioning them to a healthier diet, we still want to keep the fructose content low if possible. Um, so yeah, these would be where you're, where you're adding in the fruits. And again, antioxidants mainly or what you're getting from that. So stuff that feeds polyphenols, that feeds good gut bacteria. That's what we want to be having these things in our diet, plus they taste good. <laughs> the final three we're on here, uh, high fructose fruits. Yep, so these would be the rest of the fruits. So grapes and cherries, pineapple, um, bananas. Um, so actually bananas is pretty low in fructose, but overall sugar content very right. high in. Um, so we just want to be minimizing these as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, or eating them when we've exhausted a lot of our energy, carbohydrate energy sources. So yeah. you're replenishing them with that. Um, but yeah, those are those are low on the list, but they can still be part of a healthy diet. Second to last, grains. Yep, so these would be properly prepared grains. This would be fermented, so like a sourdough grain, a sprouted grain, for sure a whole grain. Um, but these are rice, oats, wheat, anything that falls into a grain category. Um, we can make these part of our diet. People have been eating them for thousands and thousands of years. It's just what we've done to them that have really made them poor, um, which is why so many people need to go gluten-free or mm -hmm. even grain-free. Mm -hmm. 
So it's low on our list, but we would love to have them in our diet if we could. So eventually get them there is what we want. Yep. And the final step uh, of of your choosing, you, you put donuts on this day. Uh-huh. Um, I chose to kind of finish where I started and throw in one another one of those ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, but essentially this is uh, basically like added sugar, essentially. Yeah, this is really whatever you want. I mean, we, we number one, there's more to life than just eating, mm-hmm. right? But if you are in a healthy state, and for some of you, you might not be able to do this in 30 days or 12 days like you're doing it. Yeah. You need to be in a good healthy state for a lot longer than that but we want you to be able to eat things that you enjoy we want you to be able to go to parties or whatever and and still have food that they have Mm -hmm. and not have to always be the weird one not eating Um, so this doesn't have to be part of the diet if you don't want to ever eat this type of stuff don't Um, but I also want to be congruent with what I'm teaching people and I'm going to eat donuts so yeah I don't want to tell people not to and then me eat them yeah so what I think will also be, you know, interesting for people to see is as I get to some of these higher level or I guess lower level days, nearing the end of this whole process, my what I'm eating every day is not necessarily going to change too much. Yeah. It's going to be built upon good animal products, those a lot of those fatty fruits, uh, salads and you know nutrient dense vegetables, and then kind of almost supplemented with some of those higher level things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this should be fun. I mean, we're talking about eating, and I haven't eaten for a week, so <laughs> obviously it's gonna be fun. <laughs> Sweet, that is your sneak peek. Um, there, there's quite a few other things that we have incorporated in what we're kind of deeming the restoring human diet. Um, But as far as categories of foods and how to kind of create this sort of hierarchy, um, that's, that's the gist of it. Yep. Cool. Peace out. All right. Later.